the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. Welcome to the Liberty Hour. I think I heard myself. Yeah, there I am. There's two of me. I am Charles Love, your host. And I wanted to come into the show tonight and talk about the future and what we saw and what you see coming, which I will do at some point. But this has been a heck of a week. And I want to hear from you. I want you to give me a call at 312-642-5600 and tell me if you've seen anything that leads you to... I don't know, look forward to a Biden presidency. Or if you already had some not so good ideas about what that would look like and you've seen some things this week that have confirmed those beliefs, give me a call. Let me know what those are. We can talk about that and maybe come up with a game plan for those who think that uh, things are bad and we need to do something. But we first have to talk about this madness that is uh, still going on. There was a march, I hear, in D.C., and uh, as usual with these things, there are conflicting numbers about how many people that were there. The media will just gloss over it and say, you know, there were a few people there. Trump will tell you that there were 8 billion people there. And, you know, the truth would be somewhere in the middle. But there were a lot of people there. And they are still hung up on the fact that Trump has been cheated out of an election. And we talked about this last week. And I said, obviously, there's fraud because there, but, you know, some other people I've seen even in the middle politically have said that because with every election with this many people, there's always some percentage, but they all believe that it's so low that it's negligible and uh he is overreacting. I am a little bit further from them on that. I, I don't think it's negligible. I just don't see, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how you prove it, what you do in this timeline. And I don't think we'll ever know if it was enough to change the election. But I, I have a bit of an update in a sense that I talked to some people because I know there are a lot of Trump supporters probably listening. And they take him a little differently than most people. And I'm not one of them, but I think I've talked about this enough to know. 
but I just think that I, I, I don't take it in the sense that it's evil like the left and say, you know, he's malicious and he's trying to do this, that or the other. I just think he's braggadocious and he likes to exaggerate to get his point across. So when he says, tweet something like, there'll be hundreds of thousands of, of votes uh, that were stolen from me. I go, yeah, he probably means, and he says he has evidence. I said, maybe he's got evidence and he means, you know, 1,500. Maybe he means 2,000. So it's not like he's necessarily lying about having evidence that something happened. You know, he's kind of exaggerating how bad it is. But I talked to a couple people this week that, uh, unlike Trump, are very measured in their approach to things. I trust them both. One I know really, really well and is very close to the situation, particularly in Pennsylvania. That's the only one he can speak to directly. And later I will go into more detail, I'm sure, at some point. But all I will say now is that me, the measured, logical context guy who's not a Trump supporter, can tell you that I am now 100% sure that there's some, uh, there was some election fraud. 100%. Still don't know how much. Still don't know how much of that will be proved. But I know that that it happened. And as the, as the uh, media is saying, there's no fraud. As New York Times, the rest of them are saying no widespread. No, it's widespread, which doesn't really surprise me. But before you think I'm, you know, signing on to everything that Trump says, what I'm saying, what you need to understand is the thing that we're talking about isn't, you know, some maniacal Biden supporter in, in, in a Biden uh, hoodie taking uh, ballots that say Trump and then looking at them and then throwing them in the garbage, uh, though that may happen. But that's not what we're talking about. So we have to dial this back. And the best way to do it, it's like Alan Dershowitz likes to use the shoe on the other foot method. I want to say just take Trump out of it. There's no Trump. There's no Biden. There's just elections in general in America. People say they want them to be fair. People say... I want to now you got people marching on the left and the right saying count every vote, count every legal vote and the other side saying count every vote. So you want everybody's vote to count. You got one side always talking about voter suppression. They're they're trying to suppress the right of some people to vote. So if we agree that everyone who's eligible to vote, who decides to vote, should have their vote counted. Then I would assume that everyone would say that, for instance, if someone went to vote. And they had not voted previously. They are registered to vote. They have ID, even though in some places they don't ask for it. They're ready to go. And they are turned away that they should have a problem with that. Left, right, center, regardless who that person was voting for. They should say that if the laws need to be updated, that's fine. But we should follow whatever the laws are. So the law in that given state said that if someone does a mail-in ballot, And they're supposed to put their information, their name, their address, sign it, whatever. And the law says if they don't put that information in, that you can't count that ballot. And it's counted anyway. Then that is election fraud. Now, keep in mind, it doesn't even all have to be intentional. You know, I, I, I went to the class. I don't even remember. It's been a few years how long it was. I think it was one day, a whole day. It might have been broken up into two. But I went to the class to work the polls. Not necessarily with the intent to work the polls. I just went because I wanted to see what the process was like. And so I can't speak to every class, but it kind of looks like that every place I've voted. And generally, it's the, it tends to be either a few people 
some percentage, I say it's a smaller percentage of the group, that are just uh, people who care about the process and they're doing this because they want to make sure it's fair. But a lot of people are doing it just for the money. They tend to be people who make less than that much a day, which is why they're willing to go in and do that. They don't know much about the process before. And when you talk about having Democrat and and Republican judges, they don't have enough people. So they're like, yeah, if you want to serve as a Republican judge, because, of course, I lived in an area that was uh, highly Democratic. So they couldn't find anybody. Say, well, why don't you just say you're Republican and you just do it? So these are the people that you have that are working the polls, not the seasoned professionals who come every year, but those tip people that may be their first time. So their first time is a presidential election. They've never paid attention to this stuff or done this stuff before. And we're supposed to believe that it's that shocking that some of them would just make a mistake. Nobody would say that either, but you must understand the reason doesn't matter. Remember, there is no Trump. There's no Biden. This is we're just talking elections. If People are making mistakes and counting votes they shouldn't count or discarding votes that they shouldn't discard. Then it's affecting elections and it's wrong, regardless of uh, who it hurts or who it helps. So we know that that stuff is happening and on a pretty large scale. The question is, what's going to happen? So I asked my friend, I said, um, a lot of what you're saying is, is bad and needs to be fixed. And really, I've always said that that's what I want the outcome to be. I want it to be what we can do to fix the problem, not so much, hey, what do we do for Trump? But I said, and I still believe this, and it was kind of sad to hear it from someone who was uh, closer to it. But I said, the problem will be if you find enough evidence and you take it to a judge. Now, there are judges, we know them, Ninth Circuit Court, who are play politics with their rulings. The vast majority of judges probably just like, hey, I read the law and this is my decision based on the law. But what you don't tend to have is a bunch of judges on the other side who will say, I think that this is the right thing and I know I'm going to be vilified for it, but I'm doing it anyway because I'm standing up on principle. There may be some, but I... Uh, argue that there is a large percentage of people, these judges who care about their careers, who don't want to be, don't want to be, you know, their legacy to be turning over uh, some major case. So they want, they will punt whenever they can. So I asked my friend, so do you think that you're going to have a problem, you know, that that uh, the Trump administration or whoever else sues and takes this to court and has the evidence that some judge is going to see it, say that you're right, but say that there's no way. <laughs> on God's green earth that I am going to be the guy after all this and, and, and Biden starting to pick his people and this kind of stuff to change this election. So they won't have the uh, the will to do it. And he said, I don't think so. So give me a call and tell me what you think. 312-642-5600. Let me know what you think about the madness that's going on. And let's talk about uh, what that uh, next administration would be like. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM 560, The Answer. No one in Washington is listening. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Nice try, Sean. Knows that the days are loaded. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Yes, I did try, but I wasn't able to pull it off, and I'm still just Charles. But 
Before the break, we were talking about, well, I do want to get into the madness that's going on and talk about what you think, like I mentioned before. But I did take a side uh, track to the election fraud thing again and um, asked you to call in. And some people were kind enough to do so. So I guess we'll go here to Dave in Lansing. Dave, you're on the Liberty Hour. Hi, Charles. I'm glad you're continuing to cover this because it's extremely important. Um, I have personal experience. I've been 22 years shipping packages through the post office, over 8,000 packages, and I've had over five crimes. That's at the conservative, you know, estimate in in these 22 years. Um, The post office is comprised of Democrats, and I heard a lot of talk about, like, Oh, this Trump-appointed Republican post office, you know, postmaster, that, that's meaningless. The people carrying the ballots are Democrats, and I can prove it. If you, go, if you go to a search engine, just type in American Postal Workers Union 2008 Obama Flyers. And you, you should be able to find, if you don't use Google, which is, you know, Democrat, if you use a different search engine, you should be able to find a website that shows that uh, the American Postal Workers Union was telling their constituents, their, their barriers and clerks and so forth, to vote Democrat. I mean, they are Democrats, and they are carrying the ballots. Now, this is the first time in history that we've had millions of ballots carried to the post office. Do you right. think a few of these people are, like, Democrats that are going to try to sway the vote? I mean, it's just on its face. You have to say, yeah. I mean, with my experience, I mean, I know, I know yeah, this is happening. Look, they, I don't even know. I, I don't know if you, I don't even have to go back to 2008. I don't know if you listened last week, but I talked about walking down the street and passing a postal worker on the shift in uniform with one of those, I forgot what, they have so many silly rallying cries, but one of the lefts, you know, put him out, end him now, shoot Trump in the face, whatever they call it, had a sticker on her uniform while delivering the mail. Right, and I know somebody that was wearing a mask with the big uh, black fist power on their on the mask. It was a clerk at a post office. Now, I mean, you know, this is mixing business with politics, yep. and we have these carriers that are political. I mean, you know, and it's obvious. You know, but but, I mean, but it goes even beyond that. So you take that number, which is probably a large number, but then you have to factor in. You know, I hate to beat up on a pick. It's not everybody. It's just we have to be honest that you in, in, the, in, the, in the public sector have a higher percentage of the problem in the private sector. We have to add on just the sheer incompetence. So you don't think right. people will ever make a mistake? You don't think, you know, the things that I've seen will shock many people. I don't, I'm surprised that it would, but it would. So just the simple fact that you take postal workers and you take, oh, you take any uh, the department, division, organization that does a job that has some standard deviation of error. And let's say they process two million, whatever it is, packages, widgets, dollars, whatever. And then in a couple months, I want you to jump to 146 million. Handle that and think that they're going to do it flawlessly? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and, and and to expect that they could do is is kind of ridiculous. Now, I mean... You know, I have the solution to this in the future, and I haven't given up on this election. You can still give money to the count the votes. You know, mm-hmm. if you go to um, winred.com, you could you could give money to the recount the votes. But um, the solution in the long run is to give a cash reward to uh, carriers that um, 
whistleblow fraud. You know, five thousand dollars for a provable incident, a hundred thousand dollars for for one that leads to conviction or something like right. that. Thanks, that, thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah, okay. yeah, I appreciate it. I, I I hate to be the pessimist, but my problem is, I think if you listened last week, you know, I, and Macbeth and I went through probably 10 different types of fraud. Yep. The problem is you can find some of them, but not all of them. So you never can root it out. Well, so then there are I, also some that aren't illegal, you know, right. so, so somebody telling, you know, their neighbor, their old neighbor who they know is a Republican that. Oh, you know what? I heard the polling machines over down there aren't working. You'd have to get on a bus and go over to the next place. Right, right. That's not technically a crime, right? right? That's not a punishable offense, but it is shady, and it also is sort of electioneering. Right, that's true. But then also you have some that are illegal, but, you know, you may not be able to prove that it happened. Exactly. Or you have, or like he talked about the postal workers, but their machines in, in, in this process, and the postal workers that don't own the machines, they they, no. they had nothing to do with the machines, right? Well, so you got that factor. Who's managing how that what, how that is being uh, adjudicated? Right. And we talk about mixing uh, professional and political actions, right? But that's not a big deal until you start asking this professional organization, I say that with air quotes, um, to handle a political task like ballot, right. you know, ballot delivery. So right. when you get to the point of, of, okay, well, now this is a problem, it's already too late. You've already gone outside the, the normal scope of what you should be asking of this organization. Yeah, so this is what, what baffles me about that. Because the average person, if you take those passionate uh, topics, religion, politics, whatever, who works in a corporate environment, they go to work, and they do their job. And when there's a problem, what they do, they meet about it. They write down all the potential issues and they chip away at all the, all the things. And you eliminate as many things you can. You know nothing's perfect, but you don't just say nothing's perfect, so let's go home. You eliminate what you can. So the problem is they're not doing that. And when you say you should do that, you're just a crazy Trumper. No, I, I don't care. I'm not trying to turn the outcome of the election. I want them to find it. But I do want them to find enough fraud that people take, take it seriously. Um, and, and I don't care if it's intentional or not. If it's happening and it's changing the election, if people are, their votes are not being counted, that's a problem regardless of who they voted for. Well, that, and, you know, a lot of the races in this are determined on a very small scale, right? House races. Right, right. Um, even some Senate races, state legislature mm-hmm. races. There's a lot of things um, that would also be filled out on a fake ballot other than just the president. Although it seems like there were quite a few ballots. Just <laughs> Joe Biden filled them, but that's a different story. Right. Uh, but the other thing is that, that a lot of these ballots, um, I noticed on the ones here in Illinois, that the, the barcode is different. So if it's a Republican ballot or an independent ballot or libertarian ballot or, you know, Democratic ballot, you get a different barcode oh, we, on the right. back. So from the outside, regardless of who you vote for, you could have voted for Biden. You, on the outside, it looks like a Republican ballot. Right. Um, well, most people who are getting a Republican ballot are, are voting Republican. Right. Well, we, 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 I have to go here. Uh, Ron on the South Side wants to know where is the evidence. Ron, welcome to the Liberty Hour. Fair question. Yeah, and you know what? What, what sounded ridiculous? That guy that said he worked for the postal service. He knows that the people that work in the post office. You know, I, and you know, I've been in my company for twenty some years. It, 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 it's, it's, in, it's in the private sector. I really. First of all, I'm not paying attention to who they're voting for. I'm doing my, my job. So that was just ridiculous. So you guys need to grow up, except there's no evidence. The reality is 
Biden won, Trump lost, so Ryan, grow up. Ryan, 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 can you stop? Like Ryan, 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 stop, stop for a second. Can we have a conversation, an actual conversation yeah, without yeah, name calling? Sure. Okay, Ron, I'm not I, a Trump. I didn't, I didn't name call. But, but I, know, I didn't but, name but, but call. Listen, I said listen, grow listen, up. Listen, listen. Okay. I'm not a Trump. That's what y'all do. You, you're not listening. Okay. So, so we're not going to be able to have the conversation. It's fine. It's up to you. Not a Trump I'm supporter. Listening. Said I don't care if Trump wins or not. There is evidence that either errors were made, whether it's intentional or not, doesn't matter. So do you actually want the evidence or do you just want to say Biden won? So do you actually no, I want, want evidence. evidence? Okay, so, so where's the evidence? All right, so so the evidence is coming. So if the evidence okay. is coming, what, let, let me finish. So if they find evidence, let's say, let me give you a scenario. So they find enough evidence, they say 30,000 votes were cast Illegally, right? Doesn't change the election in that particular state. Doesn't mean uh, Trump won. But will you be one of the people who say, well, it didn't change the election, so it doesn't matter? Number A, will you be B, um, it doesn't matter because it's only a small percentage and you have in your mind the number that it should be before we care? Or will you admit that there's a problem? I will, but as of now, November. No, 15th, answer my question, though. Answer my question. You there. haven't asked, Ron. I please just yes. answer the question. So I you would care. Yes. That's all I ask for you. Then you are on my side. Okay. Then that's all I ask. Your issue okay, is you. Your issue, so, right. So your issue is you haven't seen any evidence. Fine. Please call back when there's some evidence out I there, will. and then t- and don't tell will. me then because you're until on record. Then, don't tell me then that I don't care about up. the evidence. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So we will see what he and others will say when there is evidence. Stick with me. We'll talk about the other madness where those who, as Ron said, didn't grow up, how they were treated in D.C. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM 560, The Answer. I grew up anymore. This chair is going to (laughs) break. Now, back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Charles Love here. And <laughs> I know I keep saying I'm going to move on, but this stuff is just so awesome. But this is pretty much sums it all up. There's a tweet here by a news guy who, um, straight news, um, that says that um, Trump's legal team has collected some evidence that that will show massive blah, 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 blah. And someone replied to it. And the reply was, simple question, is it worth the United States going to war over? You see, that's the mindset. And this is what I talk about the judges. And this is why I am already gone full on. I know my Trump supporters get upset when I say that. That's why I'm full on. So, so Biden's the president. Where are we going? The president elect and will be the next president. Where are we going? And they're like, well, you don't understand. There might be evidence. I'm like, I know there's evidence, but I don't think there's a judge out there with the cojones to say, I know every city to, 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 to make this decision. Say, I know with this decision, every city in the country will burn. But I don't care. It's the right thing. And sign his name to it. It ain't happening. You people live in a fairy tale world. Yeah, very unlikely. Especially if you're in that city. You know, <laughs> like the Ninth Circuit, the Ninth Circuit's right. at San Francisco. Don't burn my city. You know, you got Philadelphia, uh, you got, yeah. Uh, yeah Atlanta, like, there's some big federal courts in Atlanta. Yeah. No, I'm not having that. At the it's very least, they'll give them some hope to punt to the Supreme Court. Like, make them do it. 
Well, yeah, or you you sort of lessen, you know, if it if it's something that's so clear that it's right. indisputable, you lessen the severity of what it is. You know what I mean? You just sort of pretend like, well, okay, for next time we're going to learn this lesson. <laughs> right, right. But well, that's now what I mm-hmm. you can't, you know, it's not right. impractical and no. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. It would have to be so bad and so bad, and they would that, still resist, right? And they still reject it. But then you couldn't, it, you know, the lights are on. You can't, you know, you can't say the house doesn't have roaches anymore. I mean, they're crawling on you. You can't say, well, what do you mean? We don't have roaches. They're on you now. Right. You, you, you call. Um, now that said, and, would you like to hear a quote from the Federal Election Commission chairman? Uh, oh God, I don't. But please, <laughs> are you sure? It's going to be some everything's perfect and nothing's wrong and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I do believe that there's voter fraud taking place in these places. Otherwise, they would allow the observers to go in. When you have claims of, you know, 10,000 people who don't live in the state of Nevada uh, having voted in Nevada, you have the video showing where people are, you know, they're either they're either duplicating a a spoiled ballot right there or they're uh, in the process of just marking a ballot that came in blank. Uh, for a voter. Uh, that's a process that needs to be observed by election observers. State law allows those observers to be in there. Uh, and if they're not, then the law is not being followed, making this uh, an illegitimate election. That's the chairman of the known, uh, widely known right wing conspiracy organization, the Federal Election Commission. Well, he's going to get shot tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of oh. Dallas. Wow. Oh, right. But Ron, is that your evidence? I don't know. Um, I mean, he was literally as he would because he was on a television show for this, right. obviously. And he was mm-hmm. he was looking at it and he's saying that right there is somebody filling in. There was literally someone on camera oh, oh, wow, pulling on ballots video? out, <laughs> uh, filling out ballots, putting them on a stack, take the next one, fill it out, put it on a stack. So, yeah, there's there. There are some things now, whether those things are so impactful that they would make a right. difference. I don't know. Statistically, well, statistically, so be- probably not. But then you hear these stories about ninety-three percent turnout and right, 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 hundred and five-year-olds yeah. being registered to vote. Like, if okay, the the ones that stand out like that right. are are being contested. Where, where right. are the ones that don't stand out? Right, and see, that's the thing. We talked about like eight or nine types yesterday. I can say that I have uh, confirmed at least five of those types already. Yeah, and I think that's, that they're it's, it's not unique to this. Uh, and, they're, and keep in mind, they're only looking in swing states. Right. So they're not even looking in Alabama and Mississippi no, and in South Dakota and, 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 and in Montana yeah. or in California or in New York because they're blue the other way. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen there. Didn't somebody just go to jail in New Jersey four months ago? Yeah, there was like uh, statewide or municipal elections. And, or and the, we got people like Ron saying it doesn't happen. That's because and I think Ron's being honest. The problem is people like Ron are focusing on is it enough to beat Trump? Or did this happen? I'm not talking about Trump. Or I is know it what so happened. severe to risk violence? Look, I just That's say fix it. Out. I can't believe I'm still talking about this, but it's just so right. crazy because I just say, I wanted to give this example. I got time, and then I'll go to my next step. So I promise. I'm done with the election. Oh, Maybe I'll right. take Nick. Maybe Nick. Nick's still on the line. We'll go to Nick. I'll say this. We'll Nick go to Nick, and then, I'm, and then I'm done with it for now. So I used to work in, restaurant, in the restaurant industry for years, and I was manager, and I owned restaurants. So I was working for a particularly large chain, and they had a location that was uh, suffering. Food costs was high. They were losing money or whatever. Sent me in. So I was the GM that go around and, and fix all those problems. So they sent me in as a new GM to this restaurant. I don't know anybody there, nothing against them, whatever. I walked in. So I walk into the restaurant, right? And, and before, the, the uh, district manager met with me, told me all the problems they had, gave me their food cost number, their sales numbers, whatever. My first day, I walked in. I walk in with a padlock. 
I, I say every, hello to everybody I meet in, in the, the new staff. I walk in. I go into the freezer. I go in the kitchen with the guys and I tell them to do their freezer pool. It was a casual chain. So, you know, the, the, the yeah. pro- proteins came in frozen. Yeah. And they would do a pool every day. They did the freezer pool, and I put a padlock on the freezer. Same thing with the beer cooler. Padlock. And they were like, why? Yeah. I say, I don't know you people, and I'm not assuming any of you are stealing. Way above Mark? But, but I'm not, right, not going to assume you all are stealing, but I'm not going to put you in a position where you're tempted to or where it's easy for you to do it. Exactly. So why not just put yourself in a position? where you can solve the problem and fix it and or minimize it and then worry about how many people are really trying to beat the system after the fact. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM560, The Answer. Oh my God, who the hell cares? You're listening to the Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Charles Love here. And before I went to break and ran out of time, I was going to go with Nick on the northwest side. Nick, welcome to the Liberty Hour. Yeah, I was saying uh, when I called that, um, kind of unusual, like with the uh, uh, Oprah Weiss underwater election. We oh, had, yeah. Uh, poor, uh, poor ice cream man. He showed up in D.C. with his ice cream cone. He was all oh, ready to go. That, yeah, he that had that his, uh, stinks, that he had his uh, old banana float with whipped cream on him, Marcino Cherry, man, he was ready to go. <laughs> oh, I told everybody, I, said, I, mean, I, guy, I know, I was telling people, I was like, I, nobody's talking about this. Can you believe Lord Underwood lost? It's amazing. And then I'm like, I see him in D.C., yeah. I'm like, well, what, what, what do you mean he didn't win? I'm watching him at the new orientation. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden... A whole bunch of bushel baskets and ice cream trucks full of uh, votes start coming in. I don't know who delivered them, but again, like right a typical Democratic Party. Uh, it's like a ritual. It's like some kind of uh, you watch these programs about native cultures in other parts of the world and how they do things. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. You wait, know, wait, I mean, wait, I swear I to God, it's. it's I hate yeah. to push back against you, but I got to be fair. In fairness to the people on the left and the Biden supporters and the people who think Trump is uh, blowing uh, smoke, uh, you can't count Cook County like it's the America, like the rest of the country. They all know there's corruption in Illinois. They're like, we got to talk about the, what's going on in Georgia and Wisconsin. That stuff might matter. But Illinois, of course, Illinois is corrupt. The man ran in Illinois. Yeah. He he know he knew he needed an extra he ten thousand votes. He got what he got right. what he deserved. He knew he needed an extra. Okay, yeah. so I need to win by seventeen thousand right. in order to win. Oh, I won by five thousand. I lost. Okay, <laughs> you got to cover the spread. Job, <laughs> What'd you say? I don't want to say hello to Sean. Yeah, if he comes on later on. Okay. All right, yes. Of course, great job. Okay. Yeah, you, you should listen to us all, me and Sean. And pretty soon I'm going to morph into Sean later. Watch it. I'm going to do it. You're going to be shocked. Oh, wow. I've, been practi- wow. I've been practicing for months. I think I got it down. We got better effects than American Werewolf in London. <laughs> uh, ooh, yes, yes. Oh, oh wow. how did I go to Warren Zevon? Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's what popped in my head. I'm sorry. Land but I knew what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but speaking of this... You know, whatever happened with the election, there are a lot of people out there who think that uh, Trump was cheated. And they all went to D.C. and they marched through the streets and they were like, we support you. And it was all happy glad. 
Yeah, and it was a lot of people, whatever the number was. And it was a happy, glad time. Hugging and cheering and tap dancing and buying ice cream from right. Overweiss. No, 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 I'm getting to that. And they were buying ice cream from Overweiss because they figured, they figured he had to go back to Illinois and he couldn't keep the stuff frozen. So he gave it to I'm just messing with him. I'm so sorry. Um, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> it turned dark. People started getting poked with their own flag and kicked in the streets and, and, and sucker punched and, you know, stabbed and shot and kicked. Maybe not shot. Fire fires. Right, right. It, it got a little crazy. And so I, I watched some of the videos. But I have a different take. I know some people were, you know, all the right, they were just posting all these videos. Like, look at the left. The left is crazy. Then the left was like, ha ha. You didn't, like Andy, no. You didn't pay the first 30 seconds before that where he attacked somebody else. But it looked like he was actually defending somebody else. But my thing is, and I asked somebody, of course, they didn't get it. I just said, why were they there? Yeah. And that's a simple question. Why are you there? Whatever you think about the Trump supporters, they're crazy, they're wrong, they're defying the madman. Okay. But they're peacefully walking down the street. Just saying, hey, we don't think this election was fair. They're not bothering anybody. Your side won. You you danced last Saturday in the street. How many Trump supporters punched you in the face? Now you saw the thing. It was in D.C. is the one you're talking about, right? Y- yes, I am. Because I think there was also a smaller one in Philadelphia or the mm-hmm. area. But in D.C., okay, and not, not many people actually live in D.C. Most of the people who work in yeah, D.C. live in surrounding areas. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of lot of open concrete. So. <laughs> I remember when we were talking about just less than a month ago, we were talking about how long this garbage in Portland had been going on, how a lot of those people didn't live there, how a lot of the uh, BLM protesters and Antifa protesters who were getting arrested earlier in the year didn't live in Seattle, didn't live in Portland, didn't live in these cities where they were where they were acting up. And and I got a constant barrage of, of lefties going, how does it matter? Why does someone's opinion matter and where they live? Oh, you want them to be property owners next and all this. So, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of the same. Now, we've got people marching through D.C. where no one lives. And <laughs> it happens to be the capital of the country and where the government is seated. And I have the same liberal people on my timelines uh, saying... Oh well, none of those people even live there. They're they're astroturf traveling into. You can't win. You can't yeah. win no matter what. When you're when you're facing mindless zealots and the simple, you can't yeah. win. Yeah, that's that that's absolutely true. But my my point about the violence though is I I don't get it. I don't get why you're there if you're if you're Blantifa or you're a Biden supporter or you hate Trump. You had your dance. They announced Biden on a Saturday. You all danced through the streets in every city, and nobody said anything. Nobody came out and punched you. Nobody said anything to you. They want to go and dance in the street, and you want to punch them in the face. And then you say, well, he should have done this, or that person done did this. And then, I mean, it makes no sense. So you are, so you are mean, mean and violent and reckless winners, and you're mean, violent, reckless losers. Well, it indicates that they weren't actually... You know, looking for the event of the of the election, right? They're not looking for a resolution. They're looking for the problem. The problem right. is what they enjoy. The problem is what they see. That's absolutely true. All right. And they're just uh, mad, and they don't care. And can we all write them off? We can, because they make too much noise, and nobody will stop them. They get to kick over your trash can and, and throw bricks through your windows and that kind of thing. So how can you ignore them? You know. Chasing your kid through the streets. It's, it's crazy. But I guess next we're just going to talk about Biden and what he's going to do and what you think he's going to do. Give me a call at 312-642-5600 and let me know if you think that uh, he's going to be a good president.
And what problems do you have? You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM 560, The Answer. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Charles Love here. So, Biden is president electish. Oh! <laughs> and uh, some people are, you know, excited about it and some aren't. I want to know what people are seeing. Because he's making some moves, you know, I just w- was watching it. Oh, even a clip here, they were talking about there's a push for him to pick his secretary of state. There have been articles about things he wants to immediately roll back from Trump and all those kind of things. So that's what I want to look at. I let the people having the legal fight have the legal fight. But, you know, right now they're saying Biden's the man. So what does he want to do? Is he going to be the Biden we know? Or is he going to be the new and improved Biden he claims to be? Or is he going to be what uh, I'm guessing uh, Macbeth and myself believe, is he going to be checked out like weekend at Bernie's? And will Kamala just take the stick, stick it up his back, you know, and then play uh, Jeff Dunham on him? Well, I think the first two are not mutually exclusive. Right? True. So, so Biden has always been this malleable kind of go with the flow type of guy, not really super strong principles. Um, I think a lot of them were politically convenient for a long time, so he was very hawkish back in the day. But as soon as that wasn't the popular thing to do, he wasn't doing that. Um, it's, it's funny you mention that. That was my biggest concern with uh, Hillary. Yeah. It, it changed a little bit over time, but when Hillary was running, I said, I don't think, I, I don't care about liberals. I can live with a liberal. I, I got a problem with the left. And I was like, I don't think uh, Hillary's a leftist. I said, and then I watched her speak, and then the hot sauce, and what y'all gonna do? And I carried in my yeah, purse, and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh my God, she's worse than a, than a leftist. You know, give me Bernie over Hillary then, because Bernie's a leftist, but I know what he's, I can see him coming. Yeah, Hillary's a she's political. A, she's the person that will do whatever she needs to do to win. Yeah, she's a political funhouse mirror, right? So you're gonna <laughs> get, you're gonna get what you portray, except maybe slightly thinner or slightly taller. She's gonna make it seem a little better because it's coming from her. And that way you want to have her do it for you. And I'm glad to say that that never worked on me. Um, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, the thing about Hillary, though, is that, that there's a certain credibility to Hillary. Like, I, I wouldn't worry about Hillary not knowing what day it is when she wakes <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, there's that, right. I mean, I, so there's, a, there's actually a benefit there, right? The other part of it, though, is that both Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, whatever, and, and Joe Biden... Um, historically have been a little more uh, conservative than most of the, the severe left wing would like. Now, not necessarily on policy in Harris's case, but, you know, when you're a prosecutor for that many years and some of the speeches she's given in the past and that, and she's just, yeah. you go, okay, she could easily be a blue dog. She could have pivoted just there instead of pivoting to the far left. But she pivoted and that's what matters. Oh, yeah. No, so she, today, she went way left. No, right. No so today she's to the left of of everyone? <laughs> Pretty much. I'm so, just saying that pivot could happen that, you know, you could go 180 to 360 that's pretty true. easily. I think. I mean, based on the things when, that's happening. I mean, that's my only, the only thing I can uh, hang my head on now is the pendulum effect. Yeah. That when it swings too far, 
See, Trump made people do weird things, yes. like it or not, right? Yes. So without Trump, you know, people aren't willing to do things against themselves, like the woman who tweeted, if I would have known that Biden wanted to do lockdown, I wouldn't have voted for him. Well, where have you been? And I'm going to defend Biden now. Yeah, it's where not have a, you been? It's not like he didn't not say it. That's an ambiguous position. Because you've been blindly, you know, just like anything against Trump. And that's what some of these people are going to get. So it'll be interesting to see what those center, center left, center right people will think. So I'm going to talk about that over the course of the next hour, even with our frustrated Democrat, uh, Patrick Brutus, coming up about some of these things that we've seen them talk about um, from the Biden administration, potentially, and what they want to do and what that means for us. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM560, The Answer. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. Welcome to the second hour of the Liberty Hour. Charles Love here, sitting in for Sean Thompson. And it is our time to go to one of our uh, favorites, Mr. Patrick Brutus, the one frustrated Democrat. Yeah, we got other favorites. He's not the only favorite. Okay. I'm in the top five, though, right, Charles? I mean, at least he's in the top five. That's all he can ask for. I mean, do we have more than five favorites? We have enough for him to be in the top five. We have five. Know. Default top five. <laughs> the top five. It's top 40. Right. Hey. Hello, Patrick. How are you? What's, I'm doing well, Charles. What's up, Macbeth? How are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right. I'm good. I know you're probably all fired, ready to fire the gun. You need to slow it down. You're ready to just shoot out and tell me what's going on. But, you know, I look at your, your page and your posts, and some of the things capture my eye, and it's not always what you expect it to be. I want to start okay, off well, by talking about... your attention this week? I want to start off by talking about uh, Target reopening. The, the, the Bloomberg article about Target reopening its looted store in Minneapolis uh, with black shoppers in mind. Yeah, <laughs> what, isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's uh, amazing. Um, and just... You know, that particular target was in the shadow of the vicinity of where the George Floyd yep. uh, incident took place. And yep. so what they're trying to do after many months, I guess, of renovating the store and repairing it and all that, you know, many uh, big boxes have been shut down for a while under the guise of we're repairing the store uh, and haven't yet reopened in many urban cities. But this particular one has dedicated itself to equity and um I still don't know what that means in terms of the shopping experience for black people. Oh, you don't know? You don't know? Here, let me tell you in front of the article. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Ready? Ready? Everybody, mm -hmm. all you white folk out there who don't know what it means for to make a store black ready, here we go. 
So the Target moved this pharmacy from the back of the store to the front of the store so elderly customers can easily get their prescriptions. The grocery was stocked with more varieties of spices and spices requested by the local community, and the crosswalk near the rail station was made safer and the lighting around it brighter. And the entrance has more plants. Wow. So basically, uh, you, to make the store black, you need plants, lights, and you need to move the pharmacy. Who knew? Yes. Let's call that infrastructure. See, that's how they say it. They move this. You know, it's, it's a real big thing because, um, you know, the thing that I highlighted because I posted about this this week, Charles, and thank you for bringing it up in terms of, you know, how the black shopper experience is going to suddenly change in a new post-Trump world. Um, but the decision here from Target was this, and I quote, and with black shoppers holding more than $1 trillion in annual spending power in the United States, according to Nielsen, Target had an incentive to figure it out. So at the heart of their goodwill <laughs> tour and promise to black people in Minneapolis, it was all about economics. It's never about social justice. It's always about economics. Right. And, uh, but, you know, that's a good one, too. But I would like to add a little layer on top of your layer to um, our buddy, you know, uh, Brian Mullins, you know, mm, Marlon okay. Watson and the Ados brothers. Here's a piece from the article you'll like, too. So they wanted to do, they did something they'd never done before. They went to the community. They had Zoom meetings. They interviewed employees and community organizers, right? Then it says, end quote, <laughs> Target. A racial Justice Committee. Yeah, no, better, better. Yeah, that's coming. But wait, Target yeah. hired a contracting company owned by a Somali-American woman and built some of those neighborhood requests into the blueprints. Right. I saw that. <laughs> I didn't print that page, but you're absolutely correct. So they made a mission to create a racial justice committee and target black shoppers. But in their effort to bring equity to the table, they went and got a Somalia um, minority firm. Um, they, not, so for those of you who uh, don't get it, they ain't black. That's what we're trying to say. They don't get it. They don't get it. <laughs> you they ain't black. It, you know <laughs> See, Joe in, Biden in, said, in you ain't black. In Minneapolis, uh, I, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a, a non-black decision maker trying to target which community is going to, you know, be the one that I want to highlight that's brown, you know, the Somalian community is, is a very uh, up-and-coming community in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And so I would pick them if I were a marketing people or a, you know, a non-black corporate entity trying to do outreach in the black community. I would target them. So maybe they knew what they were doing all along. Yeah, Either way, maybe. it doesn't smell Eidos, right? So... <laughs> We'll call it a fail, but you know, Target and uh, you know they have a long history. Of but there's no, but, but they don't have to. It's not a fail. I, I would disagree. It's not a fail because the way the community, the way the things work now in this new world, you say the right things, you use the right words. It doesn't matter what you actually do. It really is the thought that counts. Yeah, yeah that's that saying is not just for crappy gifts anymore. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. I'll, I'll have to give uh, Macbeth for the save. Yep. And then yep. you are already. You were already with all the Chicago stuff. We got nope. I'm gonna hold that for the next part because this is gonna take more than five minutes to go, go through. So I want to go here next. You can tell me what you got on on the other side. But 
earlier I was talking about the Biden administration. I know you, you, you're about to throw something out the window. I mean, you know, but let's just say Biden's coming. Biden's got an agenda. We've been hearing murmurs for the last week about he's thinking about doing this. He's going to roll back this. So, you know, as the frustrated Democrat, tell me what you've seen or you heard so far that's got you excited and a little less frustrated about the things that Biden wants to do come January 20th. Nothing. <laughs> I'm not excited. I'm not excited. I'm not excited. All the all the hinting right now leads to further chaos and and uh, okay. Maybe I gotta give. Maybe you just forgot because you've been busy. Okay, lockdowns, national lockdowns. You know, you're not excited about that. Yeah, well, I'm concerned about that because you know he set up a president-elect office and started touting out his uh, pandemic response team. And his, uh, you know, highlighting and signaling to who would be in the administration handling this crisis. But so they came out with a recommendation or a strongly worded suggestion <laughs> that they would initiate a four to six, four to week six. lockdown mm-hmm. upon, uh, upon taking office. And then that quickly got shot down in the last day and a half from other, quote unquote, members on the pandemic transition team who now are walking that back and saying that they do not believe a lockdown would um, would be necessary. Now, see, I, I have to credit this all to Ron Klain, uh, the mismanaged uh, chief of staff, because he was obviously the one who called it like it was and had an honest moment with the media and admitted that they blew the Ebola, Ebola response when he was in charge. And so this is not going to end up well. And um, okay, pandemic. fine, fine. So, 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 lockdowns. lockdowns, lockdowns no, you're not excited about lockdown. Okay, fine. I'm not excited B- about lockdown. Okay, we fine. Lockdown here in Chicago. Fine. Okay, I got another BLM demands. You got to oh, be excited by, by BLM saying demanding that you will push out. You owe us. We got you elected. Give us our agenda. You got to be excited about that, right? Oh, I'm excited. No, I'm not. So, strike <laughs> two. BLM. X marks the spot, pandemic X marks the spot. Now, what they're going to be doing is they've demanded a, a, a sit down with the uh, incoming president. And, uh, you know, obviously, if the lawsuit is not over, not, uh, you know, if they don't win the lawsuit, they will be meeting with the Biden administration. And so they've already started to hint at Joe and Kamala Harris Emhoff that they want to sit down and want to roll out their agenda. So what is their agenda? Again, what is their agenda? No one is quite clear. And so we have a small minority of people speaking for the larger African-American community of 40 million people. And this only uh, spells trouble. And I have a famous quote that I share with uh, Brian Mullen since you brought him up and we'll give him a second shout out tonight. My famous three word quote is we are doomed. <laughs> all right. You, I'm going to let you sit with this one over the break because we got just over a minute. But uh, all right. You, you weren't happy about those two. I know I got one for you. I got you here. I got you. So the Wall Street Journal wrote an article saying that Biden is uh, proposing pushes to focus on domestic terror, terrorism. Right. He, he wants to root out those domestic terrorists and clean that up. Right. Anybody who's going against the government, anybody who's using violence to push their political agenda. You have to have to be happy about that because we all know he means those darn white supremacists and not Blantifa. Come on. You're, I got you excited now. Right. Uh <laughs> All right, on Should the other side, on the other side. I'll save it for after the break. Let after the break. That, Charles. You let me know Big what you think. Coming up. 
Yeah, after the break, you let me know what you're thinking about that. Uh, we're talking to Patrick Brutus, frustrated Democrat, on the Liberty Hour. Back in a moment. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Charles Love here, sitting in for Sean Thompson. Again, don't stick around, because at the end of the show, I am going to morph into Sean Thompson. It'll be pretty cool. But I'm here... Where's your hat? (laughs) But I'm here now with... uh, Patrick Brutus, the frustrated Democrat, and you left us with a cliffhanger. You were going to tell me that you were going to admit to me, basically, that I finally found something about Biden that got you excited. It is is his push to focus on domestic terrorism. I thought long and hard about it during the break, Charles. I got to tell you, I am not excited about that one either. It's a trifecta 3-0, triple 360 loss. Uh, he had a huge opportunity last Triple night, Indy. or today, hopefully maybe tomorrow, but he had an opportunity to denounce uh, BLM Antifa last night who were stalking the uh, Trumpsters in D.C. Oh. who went to rally for peace and to, you know, protest the election and show their support for Trump. And uh, under cover of darkness, you know, when the sun went down, they went to work and... Uh, I think everybody by now has seen a lot of videos, or at least your audience. Your audience is very smart. They go beyond the news. And so they've seen, you know, alternative media and, 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 and been exposed to these videos where Black uh, Lives Matter Antifa folks were just, you know, beating down uh, innocent bystanders. And uh, Joe Biden had a chance to reverse his train of thought on Antifa being simply an idea and actually... Um, labeling them an organization and identifying them as individuals who mean no good and do harm mainly. And he failed or has failed so far to do that. And so if he wants to denounce violence in America, he had a chance last night since he's in his practice run as Mr. President, he could have done that. We'll see tomorrow. Well, see, in fairness to Biden, you know, I must be consistent. He said that he's going to crack down on domestic terrorism. So why would he attack something that's just an idea? So he can attack domestic terrorism without going after Blantifa because they don't really exist. It's a myth. Remember Al-Qaeda at first and what they were doing in the Middle East was at first an idea. Jihad was an idea, right? Remember that? Yeah, Didn't yeah, have a yeah. face until, until the Americans created a face for it in, a, right, in right. the biggest 20-year wag-the-dog operation. Did I say that out loud? I want to apologize <laughs> to all the corporate sponsors uh, who don't uh, subscribe to that. Sorry, Macbeth. You know, you're probably uh, in the hot seat right now for that. But, yeah, okay. So, well, yeah. so uh, do, you you, do, you, do you want to give me something you got it? You want me to go with another one? I don't, want to, just, I don't want to just force your hand. If you got something you want to do. <laughs> no, I'll take one more, and then I'll, I'll give you a little Chicago agenda of things that I'm Why not? This next one's Chicago. You, you made me roll my eyes so hard that they're in the back of my head, and I'm, and I'm like walking around with a stick right now. This article you sent me that says Richard J. Daly, a horribly oh. racist mayor, great grandson says in letter. 
It's an open letter that his great-grandson, First Mayor Daly, wrote about he and other members of the family. You say your part before I talk about, uh, not to give it away, how completely stupid this is, and I can't believe they even um, put this in the paper. But go on. Yeah, so let me first disclose that I am, uh, I feel like I'm pretty good buddies with the alderman of the 11th Ward, and so I'll be very delicate Racist! How, I, how I speak. I know does he, does he know you're black? Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, does, I'm sorry, actually. Pat. I'm sorry, Pat, um, go ahead. So, and I consider him a very good person, right? So I, I tried to juxtapose what I read today in the Sun-Times from the Van Echo family. Now, the Van Echo family is pretty, you know, infamous here in Chicago mm-hmm. as the cousins of the Dailies. You know, obviously one of the sisters got married to a Van Echo. They had some children and some offspring. And obviously, you know, one of the guys was uh, <laughs> Whoa, whoa, we don't need uh, the genealogy here. All right, okay, just give me some background. Okay, so, um, but... Uh, it, to me, it's clear that this younger uh, cousin, Vineco person, is a quote-unquote woke individual. He won't. Uh, who is a liberal, radical lefty who has signed on with a legal defense fund, volunteer type of thing. And so it just reminds me of somebody who would be indoctrinated by SPLC literature and propaganda. And so that is where I first went when I read how he would write a dear family letter out in the public and maybe not have this come to Jesus moment with his, you know, siblings and cousins in house like the dailies and all, you know, prominent families like to do. They like to bring things under the tent inside the house behind closed doors. He chose to go and another route and put the family business out in the street. Um, I cannot argue though. Um, the claims of racism by, you know, the mayor dailies, right? Uh, you know, their history is notorious uh, as it relates to the institutionalized system as Chicago that we know today and over the last, you know, 50 to 60 years under daily regime. But I will say that for him to cast a white man on all the family, that, that has to be something he must either know or believe. And uh, it does, you know, cause some doubt for folks who do know the uh, John Daly, maybe, and the Pat Thompson. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that the first two Daly mayors, uh, there is, I think, enough smoke there to call the claims of racism. Nah, uh, I, gotta racism. I gotta blow the whistle. Gotta blow the whistle. Uh-oh. Gotta right, blow the whistle. Go. Follow because, the play. Follow yeah, the play. Th- here's the problem. The history that you, you speak go. of is history and what people mm. know they know. I'm not defending them on that regard, but this is separate, yeah. right? Because what we have here, now you will have people say, see, you're defending the races. I can tell you that in 1952, Daddy Daly didn't matter. That's not what I'm talking about. What we have here, because that's stuff you already know. It's in the, it's in the record books. You can go right. find that. What you have here is the great-grandson basically saying, my whole family races. And they say, well, how do you know? What evidence do you have? Well, I don't know, because I didn't really know my great-granddad. My, grand, my granddad, I think. My uncle, a little bit. I don't really know. I'm just woke. This is, this is woke nonsense. He didn't say, yeah. I know, because every time he came over for Christmas, he would have a black guy tied up in his trunk. He didn't give you anything <laughs> new. He didn't give you anything like new. A, like a- 
like a Django family dinner? Right. He didn't give you anything. <laughs> he basically said, my family races and I'm woke and I'm against all that. He, you know, yeah. and, and, and what, what are you going to tell you? And he, including my cousins, the people now, are, they might not actually be thinking that they're racist, but they're following on these same things. But not me, because they're pro-cop. Like, look at what they, look, wait, he said in the um, letter, he's like, Look at the way they reacted to, to, to the woman who got shot in Louisville, whose name I won't say, in George Floyd. But he never right, said how right. they reacted to it. So how can yeah, I look at it? And stance on supporting police budgets and not being for defunding. Right. He is, you know, and right? I'm for so, defunding. You know, so anybody who supports police is racist. So therefore, that's it. That's it right there. He told you who he was. He didn't tell you who they was. What he told you was who he was, who is a moron. A woke yeah, leftist. That's why, that's I pity why, the black moron. Woke kid, right? I, that's why I call them. Yeah, but woke. at that point, he I don't even, I don't even kid. listen to anything he says. Yeah. Everything he says is discounted yeah. at that point. You didn't even give me anecdotes. You didn't give me letters you stole from your mama about her grandpa. You didn't give me anything. You just gave, gave me that this guy who, who who I never knew was a racist. And, and and you might be right because you went to facts. As this this on tape, I know he did this. That all may be true, but this little snot nosed brat doesn't know that. He's a moron. But you know what, though, Charles? But here here are the new rules of engagement, right? So if anybody who is considered a pink hat liberal, progressive, or democrat makes a claim of racism racism against another person, regardless of affiliation of that person. If it's a claim of racism or supporting institutionalized racism and or including police supporting uh, police, then proof is not necessary. You understand? Fine, I give you that. Okay, fine, I give you that. But hold on, on. I'll give you that. But then he also says they support racist policies like neoliberal capitalism. Yeah. See, you're quiet now because there's no way to defend that stupid stuff. So well, my evidence, my guy, evidence that they're racist right. is that uh, they support capitalism. I'm, I'm sorry, neoliberal capitalism. Yeah, as opposed to neoconservative capitalism. <laughs> right. yeah. all, so, if it's capitalism, I mean, it all ends in the same place. Either it does or it's not capitalism. Look, I talked all over your time. So you want to come back the, to the next segment and say what you came here prepared to say that I just cut you off and change topics on you? Sure, we'll do one more segment if you allow me to stay over. I appreciate it. Well, I gotta let and you. The, I can't bring you on oh, and not let you tell you know tell me whatever so you want to so, talk so, about. Yeah, so when uh, I'll give you a hint as we go to commercial or if we're whatever. I want to talk about the Chicago crime numbers, uh-huh. right? I want to talk about the crime numbers as usual, and I want to talk about Thanksgiving. I want to oh. talk about Thanksgiving in Chicago. Oh, the Thanksgiving that was before it ended. You're listening to the Liberty yes. Hour, on AM five sixty. The answer. <laughs> Now, back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Charles Love here filling in for Sean Thompson. And we are still with bonus time. (laughs) Uh, Patrick Brutus, the frustrated Democrat. What's up, Patrick? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, so. You want to talk about some Chicago numbers you said? Yeah, so um, currently, effective tomorrow at 6 a.m., at 6 a.m., November 16th, tomorrow morning, everybody, listen very carefully. In the city of Chicago, we will be under a lockdown advisory, okay? Now, it's an advisory, not an order. However, I think if you get caught with 
violating the advisory, you're probably going to be subject to some fines at least. But the advisory warns us to, the, to do the following. Practice social distancing by staying six feet away from others and wearing a face covering at all times, at all okay. times. Not hold any gatherings at home with anyone outside your household, even with trusted family or friends, and use remote communication for the holidays, okay? Check. You guys just check that. And yeah. avoid all non-essential and out-of-state travel following the travel guidelines if travel is necessary, okay? Now, no, I can, that seems to fit my agoraphobia in. perfectly. Oh, hold on right there. Right. One, I'm with you on the first two. I'm, I'm a rule follower. The last one, I got one question, just for clarification. I, I, don't, I don't buck authority. But it says, the last one was about travel out of state, right? What yes. if I'm leaving to get Avoid the hell out of your state? What if travel. I'm leaving to get the hell out of your state because you're crazy and I'm never coming back? And this is the problem right there. This is the problem because <laughs> now with the 30-day advisory, out-of-state travel is not, you know, recommended. And so she has also tweeted that we should cancel all of our traditional Thanksgiving plans. Now, as you know, over this epidemic period, we've not been able to go to church. We've not been able to, you know, do certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, you can go to a funeral. Um, but this order has – this. Advisory is being issued because there's a concern that we are on track to have over a thousand more people perish due to COVID in Chicago. I don't have the numbers as to exactly how many people have died in Chicago from COVID, but they're on track right now to have over a thousand more. And so the advisory. Now, here's the problem. We have over 700 people who have been killed this year in Chicago due to the typical weekend crime and violence shootings and shooting incidents. 706, I believe the number is right now, which is the highest number of any number in the last eight years. This supersedes any number that Rahm Emanuel had, who wasn't the best on this, you know, crime and safety issue, okay, and protecting Chicagoans. And we're already at a, you know, I would say a a nine-year high. And so we need a lockdown that makes sense. If we're going to support lockdowns, why haven't we been in a lockdown to keep us safe from Chicago crime? I do do just want to say that 2016 is is the only year that was higher. 2016 was higher. It then. was higher? Okay. But yeah, okay. since so then 2009, we're, we're, yeah. but it's really high. So some people say, it's we not as bad as the year before. But if the year before was bad, it doesn't matter. So the average is like 500-ish. And, uh, so what was 2016, Charles? 700 and... Is that three? I think it's 703. Okay, so we're at 704 or 706 right 706 now. 706 so Right, we're on pace to you know probably get you know I don't know. No, seven hundred three was through the end yeah. of November. The total was seven forty six. Yeah, this is terrible. So we're we're on track to go past seven fifty this year. Right. So and, those and are the two highest in the last twelve years. Yeah. yeah, and so we're not um, we're not locking down for safety for that, which is a everyday thing. We're locking down because we're on track to exceed a thousand more of a virus. Now, mm-hmm. here's my recommendation to everybody in Chicago, okay? Because now Thanksgiving has been canceled effectively. You can't go nowhere. You can't have more than six people in your home. Come on, man. Man, come on, man. Um, here's what I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend everybody right now, go out and get a real-life turkey. Go and get a real-life turkey, adopt it as your pet, 
And you all can have a funeral for your dead pet turkey and invite your family over because I think under those guidelines, you can have a funeral that will exceed 10 people. So have a funeral for your dead turkey. Have a funeral party for your dead turkey and enjoy dinner. That's um, uplifting. And call that your Thanksgiving. That's the only way to go around it, Charles. Or you can be a politician, or you can be one of the people in charge, and you can do like Pritzker and and, and the mayor, and go to and go to rallies, or Pelosi, and have a dinner for new congressman, even though you want to shut down, or Gavin Newsom, who went to the French Laundry, one of the one of the best restaurants in in the world. It only yeah. seats 34 people, so don't tell me you social distance. And went there for dinner and then said, ah, I probably shouldn't have done that, as he's licking his fingers. Yes, and sending his kids to private school while keeping all the kids in California a lot. Right. Oh, you can do that. Uh, you know, it's only, you know, do as I say, don't do as I do. And the rules don't apply to us, but they apply to you. And um, that's what's going on here in Chicago. Crime is spiking. Weather's been warm lately. We're locked down, can't have Thanksgiving. But hey, a Joe Biden administration is going to fix all that. You wait and see. Well, I'm glad to have you here. And for the last few weeks, uh, the last couple months, actually. And it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, thanks, Patrick Brutus, everyone, the frustrated Democrat. We'll be back and I'm going to talk about some more issues with the Biden administration. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. Welcome back to The Liberty Hour. Charles Love here, sitting in for Sean Thompson. Yes, you are. And um, I want to get back to Biden kind of indirectly here. I saw, I know I mentioned Andrew Sullivan a lot because he is uh, such a great example of people like this, and I'm seeing more and more of them, and I expect to see um, just a large number over the next six months to a year, and then we see what happens after that. But these are the people who are center-left, he's center-right, but center-left, center-right, independents, who have slightly varying... uh, views on issues in politics and the country and the world. They are not the far left or far right, but they, um, I am particularly talking about the ones who are unified in their hatred of Donald Trump. So Donald Trump loses, they're excited, (laughs) and I'm starting to see all these people, like I mentioned briefly with Patrick, who are like, man, I'm kind of bothered by this. Oh no, there's more of this, you know. Oh, no, this is going on. We need to do something about this. And I just sit back and chuckle, and I wonder, when will they realize that in their effort to get rid of the, the, the orange man, that they were celebrating this? A lot of them are smart people. You think they'd notice. I know Andrew Sullivan does. He's just naive enough to think that Trump was worse than them. And now that Trump's go, I can go back to yelling about the bad things that they're doing. It's going to make. No, you open the door for those bad things, which is fine. You know, we all have the right to vote the way we want to. But he didn't just vote that way. He pushed it. He said we were morally bound to get rid of the orange man, regardless of what happens, because anything he said, his tweets are worse than anything that Biden could do. 
And then we look at the left, and we can go down the list. The, the attacks on the uh, Million MAGA March. You have leftists who are attacking Katy Perry for saying that she's glad that um, Trump lost. She's a liberal, and she hopes Biden does a great job. But we should reach across the aisle to our friends and family and understand what they're going through who voted for Trump and be sympathetic to them. And they're writing articles like, blank her, you know. We're not going to do that. You know, I'm mad at them. Uh, the... Huffington Post ran an article that gives a really clear picture of how they feel that says, no, I will not be reaching out to Trump voters now or ever. You got the list. You got hold them accountable. Let's make sure they never work again. Um, You got this big push and everything is racist as it was before, but Trump, in his very flawed and clumsy way, was saying, come on, you can't call everything racist. And now we're back to everything being racist. Uh, In Salon, I found an interesting article that says, as winter approaches, America's racist produce distribution system makes food insecurity worse. I've been saying this for years. (laughs) I've been saying (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You want to know? Everybody's probably looking at the radio like with their... Like, no, I think greens are far overrepresented. Um, I also think that the, uh, the no, lack the, of choice... No, not the vegetable, and, not the produce, the distribution system. You know what it is? I, I read the article. I know. I'm a sucker. I'm a glutton for punishment. They gave a couple of examples, but if you just pare it down, basically, in the summer, a lot of areas, you know, they talk about these food deserts get produce, they were able to get additional produce because people had farmer's markets, and they grew their own produce. But once it gets cold outside, when winter comes, that produce is no longer available, so then it's harder for them to get produce because they have to focus on what they call coal crops. Yeah, or they ship it from the other hemisphere. Yeah, that, or they got to deal with just the few ba- the few things they could still grow. Right. But explain, which is fine. That's all true. But explain to me where the racism sets in. I mean, is there... There's is nothing there racist about the distribution Playing center. devil's advocate, is there maybe higher quality goods going to uh, certain areas and lower quality goods but going wait, wait, to others? But let's say that's the case. But what areas, certain areas? Is it certain right. economic areas or is it racial? Because you said, not you, Salon, says it's racist. Right. So if it's going to an, a neighborhood that's more middle class and upper middle class, do they in those neighborhoods do they snatch it out of the hands of the black families? I mean, are we are we counting the effects of food deserts into this too? I'm because sure they where are. You, you have to be able to distribute it somewhere in order to distribute it. True, you know, but it doesn't matter. The system's racist, so we get more of stuff. It is. We get more stuff like that. So we're gonna have to look at that and see where this goes. But I sense that we're going to get a lot of this, you know, the schools. You're going to have, you know, normative parents saying, why are they teaching my six-year-old this? Or I don't understand why, you know, my daughter has to do this. And it's going to be because you voted for it. No, I didn't. I just voted against Trump. Or why does my daughter have to use the bathroom with a boy? Yeah, they may say that. But but then I'm the bad guy for calling a boy a boy. Right. Or why does that boy... uh, Take my girl's, uh, my daughter's spot on the team. Oh, that that won't happen. No, my kid. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not worried about. Yeah, but yeah. you know they, they'll have to do that, or they'll say, 
Yeah. Um, why am I being called a racist? Because you wanted that. You voted to be called a racist. Well, no, I, mean, I just voted. I just voted to get rid of Trump. I'm making you take a break in 30 seconds. It. That's obviously racist because <laughs> you're white or you're black and I'm white. So, yeah, that's just it, seems it, regardless of what's in my heart or what my motivations are or what the actual practicality oh, is in your heart. We of know course, it. Of course. <laughs> well, stick with us. We'll uh, talk about what's coming up uh, in the in the longer future after this run. Uh, you're listening to the Liberty Hour, on AM five sixty. The answer. But wait, there's more. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM five sixty. The answer. That's right, baby. I am back, and I'm taking control been a guy here with a high-pitched voice voice making excuses for Democrats. In fact, I even hear there's a Democrat <laughs> that calls up and talks about how he's frustrated. Not in my show, baby. I'm back. <laughs> how do you? How do I do? Did I sound like Sean? Yeah, you've been saying <laughs> all night you're going to morph into Sean. You really did it there. Sean Yeah, Thompson. well, listen, Charles. <laughs> I wanted to call up and tell you, listen, thanks for being my body man. Barack Hussein Obama had Reggie love. I got Charles love. I want to say thank you for being my body man. It's been a wonder. I appreciate you doing this. Now that I've ruined Steve Cortez's show, I'm going to ruin whatever it is you turn this show into. Well, you get, you right? told me not to break it. It's still here. You might have to build yeah, it back right, up. But right, it's here. Listen, I, I, I got in the car from the cigar store. And I put it on and I heard somebody, some Democrat, railing about all the new rules and complaining. But he's the moron that's been voting Democrat. So I don't know who that jerk he is, but you keep his phone number for me. Okay? But, you're, but you'll love it, though, because that particular frustrated Democrat, all he talks about is how Trump got robbed. No, I don't <laughs> no, think he's good. talking it's about good. the guy earlier. Oh, he's having a crazy run? I'm talking, oh, I'm yeah. talking about anybody. anybody yeah, he's about that the frustrated Democrat. <laughs> but anybody that would call themselves a Democrat to me is an enemy of the country. I'm dead serious about that. I have now made a list, kid. The Lincoln, <laughs> I, I hear that's a thing that's going around. The Lincoln, what country do you come list from, is sir? Real. My list <laughs> is real. It's not like AOC. Uh-huh. And the Lincoln lobbyist Republicans, those Lincoln Republicans, oh, whatever the hell they call themselves. You know the one like, like uh, what's her name? Her husband, the guy who looks like he's got a little sugar in the tank, popped in the forest preserve. What's her name? She was a, a <laughs> Trump's girl. She looked like my cousin, Angela. Oh, Kellyanne Conway. Uh, George, uh, Kellyanne and George Conway. Conway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, George, that, 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 that's sweet pants. Guys like him and the Lincoln lobby, they're on top of the list. Top oh, that's the terrible. List. Then they're they're terrible. pseudo-intellectual, pseudo-intellectual fellas that say, well, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a never-Trumper, and I, I just didn't vote because, you know, there's really not that much of a difference. Those dummies are right underneath. Then it's the wannabe mafia guys, those, those real phonies, like the ones that call your show. The Chicago <laughs> Democrats. You're a Chicago Democrat, huh? No, you're a wannabe gangster, and you think you get your little pittance, and you could sell out the rest of the country. You're a scumbag, pal. So there's all that. So I got the whole list working, Charles. We're going to have a good time <laughs> working this all out. I do so, appreciate uh, that about Sean, and I love him for it. So what do you see yeah, coming back? Scaramucci, too. He's yeah. on the yeah, list. Right, and Scaramucci. Exactly why. So what do you say? You know, Trump loses the uh, the um, all his lawsuits and Biden becomes president, God forbid. So what do you see? Illegitimate. Uh, 
Yeah, what do you see happening then? Well, what I mean, I know what he's going to do. He's going to veer left. But what will the people do? Will people continue their well, you, fight? Will, will the people stand up? Or are they going to say, oh, well, this well, is what I'm, we I'm, got. I'm, that, I'm that serious. This country exists on us giving our consent to the government. What this shows me is that this is an illegitimate, an illegitimate electoral system. There's no question in my mind. I don't need to be convinced, and I'm not looking for somebody to tell me, you're right, Sean, I made the decision. I'm the decider. I'm an American citizen, and I have decided this is frauded, and I revoke my consent to be governed by the Biden, whatever the hell they're going to call it. They're usurpers is what they are. Come on, man. They're lying, and they're scum, and they'll be nothing to me. Now, do you think some bottom-heavy barista is going to resist you? Or me, baby. I'll lead the secession movement down in Florida. I'll show you how to, how to, how to resist. <laughs> I'll split this son of a gun up, and it should be split up. Because if you're going to take my money to pay for these rats and their kids... Not on my watch, nope. boy. I don't want to split up because I don't want to split up because I want all of it. <laughs> I don't want to give no. them anything. I, I don't want to give up. them any of it. Good night, Sean. No, they, 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 here, take 50% of the debt. We'll buy it back. Listen, you stick with me, Charles. I'll show you how to work upon oh, them. Okay. We'll give them 50%. We'd buy it back at the bankruptcy sale because these economic illiterates can't run a gum shop. Well, there's your Sean. Sean will be back. <laughs> and don't give up on me. You'll be hearing from me again soon. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Good night, Cheryl. Good night. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home.